Welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. In this edition, certainly you've heard of cryptocurrency, but do you know what it is, how it works, who uses it, and what they use it for, and why is Facebook about to become a major player in the crypto space? As long as we're unpacking cryptocurrency, did you know there's a dark web, a dark web where evil reigns? And guess what currency is used for buying and selling evil on the dark web? And as long as we're going there, are we a giant leap forward in terms of buying and selling with a 666 stamped on our foreheads? This is going to be quite the podcast. I hope you'll share it with others. I'm Brian Sussman. More on this at briansussman.com. Also at that website, you can email me directly. Brian Sussman Show is my Facebook handle and Brian underscore Twitter, excuse me, Brian underscore Sussman is my handle on Twitter. These podcasts are a freebie. I don't make a penny off of these. I do this from the bottom of my heart. This is content that I cannot share on my daily radio show on KSFO. There just isn't time. So it's an important topic that I want to get into, and I hope, I hope that you'll find it very revealing. Let's begin with a news story that caught my attention from today. I'm recording this on July 17th, 2019. I'm reading this news story at Yahoo News, although it's found at several other places on the internet as well. It's a real news story originating in Singapore. Jealous of his former lover's new boyfriend, a married man hired an assassin on the dark web to kill him, the boyfriend, in a staged car accident. Within three weeks, Alan Vincent Hui Kim Seng negotiated a deal on a website known as Camera Hitmen. Camera Hitmen. And he paid the hitman in Bitcoin. Bitcoin, of course, is a cryptocurrency. However, the 47-year-old was caught before the hit could be carried out when a journalist from the American television network CBS tipped off the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Singapore. Hui, 47, who was married with a daughter, pleaded guilty to one count of abetting murder by instigation in the state court on this date, July 17th. The risk management executive was colleagues with his lover, a 30-year-old Malaysian woman. They began dating on April 22nd, 2016. The woman knew that Huey was married, but the latter claimed that he was planning on leaving his wife. In April 2017, Huey decided that he was going to share a flat with the woman. The woman thus rented a flat, and they split the cost equally. But Huey never kept his promise to move in. In October 2017, realizing that he did not intend to leave his wife, the woman began distancing herself from the man. She ended the relationship in February last year, but remained on talking terms with Huey. Now here's where it gets very interesting. Huey continued wooing the woman, even though she rebuffed his efforts. The spurned lover continued to pay for his portion of the rental and showered gifts on the woman in the process. He also added the woman as a beneficiary to a life insurance policy. The woman later started a new job at a different company and met a 30-year-old man named Tan. 
The two started dating on April 27th last year. When Huey found out that the woman was moving on, he became jealous and began to stalk her. He began monitoring her social media accounts. He saved an Instagram profile picture of the man that he suspected to be his rival. And then he downloaded a Tor browser, T-O-R, Tor browser. We'll talk about this a little bit later. To access the dark web, where he came upon a website entitled Camora Hitmen. Now, Camora is a well-known Italian crime syndicate. They had a page, or a website, I should say, on the dark web. Then he researched how to purchase and trade in bitcoins. And he went back to the website and created an account with the username BakedAlmond2018. And then he sent the website the woman's particulars and asked that the new boyfriend be identified and his right hand be cut off. Later that day, Huey decided that incapacitating Tan's right hand was not enough, so he amended his order to pouring acid on Tan's face. He forwarded the saved photo of Tan to the website, along with Tan's name and license plate number from his car. He then transferred $3,000 worth of Bitcoin to the website. Camera hitmen later advised him against using acid because they said it was more easily detectable, and suggested killing Tan in a staged car accident or robbery. The Kimura hitmen priced the kill job at an additional $5,000. The two parties ended up settling on a price. The murder was fixed for May 22nd, between 7 and 8 p.m. Who he chose this, chose this timing because he knew that Tan would be dropping the woman off at the airport, and he did not want his former lover to be injured. He transferred another $1,500 worth of Bitcoin to the hitman's account. As a last instruction, Huey asked that all his communications with camera hitmen be removed so that the murder would not be traced back to him. Ten days before the assassination, a CBS journalist, CBS as in CBS here in the United States, a CBS journalist working in that part of the world informed government officials of a hit ordered against a Singapore man to take place on May 22nd. Officials alerted the Singapore police force. Now, court documents are unable to reveal how the CBS TV reporter found out about the plan. But nonetheless, he did, and the assassination was stopped. He was arrested by police seven days before the alleged hit. He'll return to court for his sentencing on September 4th. He faces up to seven years in jail and a fine as the murder was not carried out. Now, that's a news story from today. It has to do with the dark web and the things you can do on the dark web and the way you trade on the dark web with Bitcoin. I will say this. There have been some scams reported where companies posing as hitmen and assassins take people's money and then the crime is never committed. It's just a total scam. Was this one of them? It doesn't sound like it to me. But nonetheless, this is the kind of stuff you can find on the dark web. Now, if there's something shady going on online, chances are it's happening on the dark web. 
The dark web is gigantic, as I'll describe in just a moment. But let me give you some news stories. This was from a few years ago when Target, you know, the Target retail chain, when they were hacked and customer card, you know, credit card details were stolen. Those credit card details wound up on dark web marketplaces. Hackers tried to do the same thing with Yahoo login credentials even more recently. And now with the rise of Bitcoin, which is the currency of choice on the dark web, virtually anonymous payments are being made even easier all the time. So the kind of stuff you can get into on the dark web is shocking. Here's another story from 2017. In Australia, a news investigation revealed that anonymous dark web users offered up access to the Medicare records of any Australian for just, well, it turns out to be the equivalent of $22 American or $30 Australian. But for that price, you could get Medicare records of any Australian because it had all been hacked and put online and was available for sale using Bitcoin. Now, those are just some of the things that have wound up in the dark web. But a lot of what's there, you don't even want to see. So for those of us who are used to using a Chrome browser or Safari browser or Firefox or whatever you use to get online, the dark web doesn't work like that. You don't type in www. It's a completely different beast. How does it work? Well, it's different than the surface web. The stuff you're using on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet, that's the surface web. That's www. But the dark web is way down there. It's not the deep web. The deep web is something else. The deep web, it refers to any part of the internet that isn't discoverable by a search engine. So you've got the surface web, and then you've got the deep web. The deep web refers to any part of the internet that isn't discoverable by a search engine. And that doesn't mean it's suspicious or evil. It, it means this. Let's say you have a banking site. You log into your bank and suddenly you can see all your statements. You can see your account. You're in the deep web. That's the stuff that Google can't find. Uh, let's say, for example, you've got a healthcare provider. You log on to your healthcare provider's site and suddenly you're able to find your medical records, lab results, etc. That's the deep web. And the deep web is something, again, that's not discoverable by a search engine. So that's all legit. It's estimated, by the way, that the deep web, so you've got the surface web and then the deep web. The deep web is probably 500 to 600 times the size of the surface web. And then you get down into deeper waters and you find the dark web. So there is the dark web. Have you you've, have you ever been in deep water before? Maybe you've been um, scuba diving, skin diving, something like that. Or maybe even surfing here in California. Uh, the water can be so dark to begin with. You're surfing, you get caught beneath a wave, you look around, you can't see anything. It's scary. This is the dark web. It's a scary place. For the sake of... This podcast, my colleague on the radio, Katie Green and I, actually went on the dark web together in the confines of our radio studio because we wanted witnesses. We wanted to make sure that people knew we weren't doing anything bad. 
And all it took was about 30 seconds, and I just got the creeps. It's an ugly place. It's especially ugly, as I'll describe in just a moment, because it looks so normal. But what you'll find in the dark web are, are markets and marketplaces and, and bazaars of sorts, storefronts that ply their trade in illicit wares. These are hidden crime bazaars. They can only be accessed through special software that obscures one's true location online because anonymity is the key here. It's, it's not just a matter of going to darkweb.com. Let's see what... No, 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 no. You need, you need specific software. You need a dedicated browser. Now, the browser and software of choice is known as Tor, T-O-R. And it's dedicated to our browser. There are others, but this is the most prolific. Using software originally known as the Onion Router. Onion is interesting because think of the layers and layers of the onion. With Tor, there are layers and layers of encryption. And they're able to provide security with this by routing. Tor is routed through a network of secure relays that anonymize the traffic and the, these relays are run by volunteers around the world who donate their server bandwidth. Now, why would you do this? I think you're aiding and abetting evil personally, but it's being done all the time. It, it, it eats up a lot of bandwidth on the, on the overall internet, but that's what people do. It's important to remember Tor isn't illegal. The software is not illegal. Until you use it for illegal purposes. Some people use it simply for sharing pirated movies. That's illegal. Some use it for buying drugs. That's illegal. And some for dot, dot, dot. We'll get into that a little later. But Tor tells us that most of their users um, use their product to gain access to regular Internet sites so they can have greater anonymity. That's what they tell us. Of course, that's what they tell us. Uh, wherever you have greater anonymity on hidden networks, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure this, out, this one out. But when you have all that, bad things are going to follow. So let's change gears for just a moment. And let's talk about cryptocurrency because this is going to get us into Facebook in just a moment. And Facebook moving into this space, which will indeed include the dark web. I live, of course, in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Silicon Valley. I'm constantly running into friends who have told me about cryptocurrency. Oh man, I made a killing in cryptocurrency, Sussman. Man, did I make you should get into it, man. They look at cryptocurrency as an investment opportunity. I'm not talking about that. By the way, I think it would be a very risky investment. Although, again, I've I've known some who've made money doing it. There's one particular venture capitalist in the Silicon Valley who I'll tell you about in just a moment who's a Probably made a lot of money on cryptocurrency. But for most users, cryptocurrencies are not an investment. It's a currency. It's a commodity, if you will. It's something that they use to buy stuff and to sell stuff. Now, it seems as if there's a new digi digital currency almost every day. There are Bitcoin. There's Bitcoin. There's others. There's 1,600 altogether. But let's just take Bitcoin, for example. Tim Draper is a huge venture capitalist in the Silicon Valley. Think Twitter, think Skype. Those are companies that he, he, was, a, he was an early investor, maybe one of the earliest of investors. He's made 
He's a billionaire. Regarding investing in cryptocurrency, Tim Draper says, the way I look at it, starting with cryptocurrency, get involved a little at a time. I suggest purchasing a small amount of cryptocurrency on Coinbase or to put some crypto onto a ledger. A ledger is a hardware wallet. So if you're worried about someone taking your cryptocurrency, you can put it in there. He's just talking, just so matter-of-factly, about cryptocurrency, wonderful investment opportunity. Maybe for some, but not for me. I went to the Bitcoin website. I wanted to know, how do you, how do you buy this stuff? How do you send it? How do you receive it? Oh, they got the step-by-step. Open your Bitcoin.com wallet app and re- select receive. <laughs> Sending Bitcoin. Open your Bitcoin.com wallet app and select send. And they walk you through the entire process. Well, there's someone who's been watching all of this very closely and sees a market opportunity. It's a company that I don't trust. It's Facebook. That someone would be Mark Zuckerberg, another guy I don't trust. I'll tell you why in just a moment. I'll tell you what he thinks about us in just a moment as well. Do you remember that? I'm going to use some foul language. I'll give you a warning so you can close your ears ahead of time, but I'm going to say it just the way he said it. But Facebook was on Capitol Hill just this week. Top lawyers from uh, Capitol Hill. from uh, the Senate Banking Committee, were grilling, grilling Facebook. Now, Facebook's been called on the carpet on Capitol Hill before, involving issues like privacy, and every time they come away saying, you know, we're learning. This is all new to us as well. We're learning as we go. We apologize. Well, they've been brought in to Capitol Hill because this social network giant wants to launch its own digital currency. Last month, Facebook unveiled Libra. Libra. It's a cryptocurrency aimed at expanding global financial services. So the Senate Banking Committee talked to Facebook's uh, head of Libra, a guy named David Marcus. They put him in kind of a crypto headlock and put him on the grill and said things like this. Senator Sherrod Brown said, like a toddler who's gotten his hands on a book of matches, Facebook has burned down the house over and over and called every arson a learning experience. It's true. Senator Martha McSally said, I don't trust Facebook. Instead of cleaning up your house, you're starting a new business model. It's true. Marcus, well, we agree with all of your concerns. Of course, that's what he would say. What else did he say? He said, well, Libra won't launch until all the regulatory concerns are addressed. Oh, I'm sure. He also told us that Calibra will be running Libra. Calibra running Libra. Who is Calibra? It's a Switzerland-based subsidiary. My goodness, banking in Switzerland. Hmm. Switzerland will take anybody's money. That's how they've maintained their safety and security for such a small, for a, for a very, very long time. They got into banking. <laughs> They'll take this bad guy's money and that bad guy's money. And listen, we'll take your country's money. You just make sure that if there's ever a problem, we're cool, right? So Switzerland running Libra. And, and they promise it, by the way, um, they will not share financial information with Facebook. So All of the people who are using Libra, who have given all this financial data, it won't get into Facebook's hands. No, 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 no. Uh, I've asked some experts 
about Libra. Is it a cryptocurrency? Because Facebook would tell you it's not. Now, compared to Bitcoin, well, I guess it's not quite so cryptocurrency-like because Bitcoin is a permissionless system. In other words, you participate with proof of work by competing basically to solve a puzzle that lets you add a block to its chain. It's kind of geeky, but what it means essentially anybody can participate. Bitcoin is not tied to gold or silver. Bitcoin doesn't have a central depository. Bitcoin is basically only successful as long as there's consensus. And right now there is consensus that Bitcoin's legit. Libra, by contrast, will be permissioned, meaning only a few trusted entities will keep track of the ledger. So that makes it more like a digital currency, a real digital currency than a cryptocurrency. But on the other hand, Libra is assigned to pseudonymous wallets like Bitcoin, and transfers are done through public key operations, also in a way similar to Bitcoin. So yes, I would say for ease of conversation, and especially this podcast, we're just going to call it a cryptocurrency. I mean, there is no stable definition of a cryptocurrency, so let's just call it a cryptocurrency and move on, because what Facebook will tell you is, no, we're democratizing this currency, because that rings so wonderfully, right, to the, the millennial ears, democracy. Because theoretically, removing a central bank from the equation, removing a central bank from the equation, democratizes currency. Well, think about this. The internet is, in some ways, decentralized already. It's not controlled by the government. It's not controlled by a specific corporation. But when you think about it, it really is controlled by corporations. I don't use the Google search engine. I, Google's job is to snoop on us. I don't use that search engine. I use something called startpage.com, formerly known as xquick.com, startpage.com. It's wonderful, completely private. That's the one I use. But most people, when it comes to search, use Google. Most people, when it comes to email, use Gmail. Cloud computing, the kind that powers most websites, is, believe it or not, Amazon. And now when it comes to cryptocurrency, the worldwide winner is about to become Facebook. You see, the goal for Facebook, the goal for their product, Libra, is to be more useful than any other currency on the planet. It'll be accepted in more places. There'll be fewer complications. Libra isn't going to be pegged to one specific currency. Libra is going to be pegged to a group of low volatile assets, including bank deposits and government securities in multiple, uh, in multiple currencies. So let me repeat that, including bank deposits and government securities in multiple currencies. So that means wherever you are on the planet, there's just going to be one Libra. And if Libra does catch on, and it's, it will, it's Facebook. It's a Facebook project, product. They're first to market. It's likely to, to displace eventually currencies like the dollar. The dollar. That's because if you spend mostly Libra, and perhaps you buy most things online, as people tend to do these days, uh, you'll be doing it in Libras. 
So the goal is for Libra to be more useful than any other national currency and accepted in more places with fewer complications. You know, instead of the Visa card, you'll have the Libra Visa card. Now, why do I say that? Because Facebook right now has partnered with so many operations. I'll share that in just a moment. But again, what about privacy here? That's why I don't trust Facebook. I don't trust Facebook because Facebook, to, your privacy to Facebook does not even exist. If you, if you trust Mark Zuckerberg, he's the guy who called you a dumb, you ready for this? Close your ears if the F-bomb offends you because I want to use his words example, exactly. He thinks you're a dumb fuck. Oh, I'll get into that story in just a moment. In fact, I'll get into it right now. This is a great one from Business Insider. Lovable Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. That's what he called people back in the day when they would share his stuff so willingly, share their stuff so willingly with him. So he was chatting with an unnamed friend in early 2004. Business Insider has had this story for a long time. And he's talking about the early days of Facebook. The exchange went like this, according to Business Insider. Zuckerberg. Yeah, so if you ever need info about anyone at Harvard, just ask me. I have over 4,000 emails, pictures, addresses, SNS. And the friend, whose name has been redacted, asks, what? How'd you manage that one? Zuckerberg. People just submitted it. I don't know why. They trust me. Now cover your ears. Dumb fucks. Zuckerberg was 19 when he said this, but I don't think he's changed his stripes. People are stupid. To share the amount of information they share online, especially on Facebook, are you kidding me? It's amazing. And Facebook is notorious for misusing data. The notion of giving Facebook insight into a whole bunch of financial transactions, that's, that's beyond disturbing. Okay, now getting to the, the, the Libra Visa card. Facebook right now has 27 partners, including Visa, including MasterCard, eBay, PayPal, Uber, Lyft. And this is why the Senate is so interested in what they're doing. But I just hope they do something about it. Because when I looked at, look at the ineptitude sometimes of what goes on in Washington, D.C., in the House, in the Senate, on both sides of the aisle... In too many cases, these people are so easily paid off to shut up and do nothing. Here's the deal. Since the Civil War, the United States has had a general prohibition on the intersection between banking and commerce. Banking and commerce. There's supposed to be this firewall. And that's why the Senate is supposedly interested in Facebook. I mean, imagine. Imagine Facebook's subsidiary, Calibra, who's going to be running Libra. Knowing your account balance and you're spending and offering to sell perhaps a retailer an algorithm that's going to maximize the price for what you can afford to pay for a product. So you're shopping around on the web and this particular website knows exactly who you are and they know exactly how much money you have in terms of Libra and they know your buying habits and your buying history and for you, oh my goodness, have we got a sale or maybe we don't have a sale? Maybe you pay full price for everything. This is the kind of manipulation they could start doing with people. 
I mean, having this kind of financial visibility, not only into millions of consumers, but also businesses, and this would be the conflict of interest. This is that firewall being burned down between banking and commerce. That's why the Senate is interested, and oh, I hope they remain interested and do something about this. Cryptocurrency. I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan. Cryptocurrencies are decentralized virtual currencies run on these peer-to-peer -peer computer networks. And the stuff they are used to buy and sell is shocking. It's a secure, cheap, non-reversible, anonymous way to transfer money. Oh, it sounds too good to be true. But this is exactly what's happening. Now, in terms of the deep web, the deep web, using these specialized browsers like Tor, uh, once you get there, you can find anything. Drugs, firearms of all sorts, stolen beautiful art, pornography of all sorts, cultural artifacts, rocket launchers, human trafficking, chat rooms where stuff goes down that I can't even imagine. All types of drugs are easily found and purchased on the dark web. All you need is a cryptocurrency wallet like Bitcoin, or maybe very soon, Libra. Hey, enter the address, ship your drug of choice, computer, smartphone, tablet, bingo, you're there. Once the purchaser finds what they want, they literally click buy and proceed to check out. Folks, it looks just like Amazon. Enter your shipping information, boom, done. So, in terms of the drug problem we have in the United States of America, which is just awful, the dark web is aiding and abetting, as well as all of those players around the world who are using their private servers to run this operation. Uh, and by the way, they're smart enough to know, we just sell small amounts at a time, five pills, eh, maybe 20 pills, standard envelopes, small bubble envelopes, something that's not gonna raise suspicion. Send it right through the US mail. And it's not the drug dealers, it's, it's recreational users who don't want to be caught or publicly humiliated. I mean, we've got an opioid crisis in America. You want to buy fentanyl? Oh, go online. It's right there on the dark web. You know, it makes you wonder, where are we going in this country? Where are we going in this world? Now, let me just wax spiritual for a moment. I don't mean to get hyper-spiritual or into Weirdsville, but the title of this podcast is Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. There's a mysterious section from the book of Revelation. I don't claim to know what this entails, but as long as we're talking about cryptocurrencies and the dark web, it makes me scratch my head. In this 15th chapter of the book of Revelation, the Apostle John is speaking, or writing, if you will. And he's talking about this beast, this person, who, quote, was allowed to kill all who refused to worship this particular statue. And he forced, I'm reading here, everyone to receive a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. People, great or small, rich or poor, free or slave, had to receive the mark. 
They could not buy or sell anything unless they had the mark. The mark is the same of the beast or the number of his name. Here is a problem that you have to be wise to figure out. If you can, figure out what the beast's number means. It is man's number. His number is 666. My feeling on this is we really won't know until we get there, but it sounds as if there will come a period of time unless, where, wherein it will be impossible to buy anything without some sort of mark. Might it be a chip placed beneath the skin? Might it be some kind of cryptocurrency? I don't know. But as I read the book of Revelation, it clearly is a very, very dark time in human history. If it's to be believed, and I do believe it, it's a very, very dark time in human history. This is a dark time in human history. It's an hour of darkness. We have so much evil occurring all over the planet from people running from terrorism, people who have been thrown into drug trafficking, people living in in prisons the size of countries like North Korea and parts of Africa, the lack of freedom you find in China, the gang warfare on the streets of the United States of America. I mean, this, this is a dark hour. But can I tell you, as I read the Bible, I see many dark hours. And in those darkest of hours, that's where light appears. So I don't know where we're going in this country. But I want to be hopeful. I want to be hopeful that in this day of darkness, because folks, you go on that dark web, it's chilling. It is chilling. Maybe we are in the last days. But... Can I tell you something? There is hope. I mean, think about this. There was no darker time in history than at Jesus' birth. Really, if you look at the history, the great Roman Empire had become a materialistic, covetous, greedy society. Sexual perversion abounded. Drunkenness, gluttony. It was all there. It was a violent society. It was a dark time. And who shows up during this time? The Messiah, the Savior of the world. So my point is, as dark as it may seem, and it may get darker still, There is hope. There is hope that what we have here is temporary. And there is something far greater on the other side. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it on Hidden Headlines. Faith, Family, Freedom, Brian Sussman here. Please feel free to share this. I appreciate your listenership and your support. And for those of you who subscribe, keep on doing it. Uh, also, more information on me, BrianSussman.com, Facebook, Brian Sussman Show, Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. Until next time, Brian Sussman, signing off. <laughs>